welcome to another episode of Too Much Time on Our Hands, a theatrical cut. I'm Sonia, sat opposite me with his face for radio is Terry. It's trouble I'm not like taking things personal, isn't it? It's been a long time. Yeah, but it might slowly be building up. I might just break one week and just sob for the first five minutes of the pod. Well, listen, I can handle you crying. I thought you were going to say stab me or something. Oh, like I'd be able to get a stab in. Yeah. Um, anyway. Hi. Hello, dear. Um, you have got a face for radio, though, let's be honest. Oh, teeth especially. <laughs> I've got proper British teeth. <laughs> I'm just glad that Dan has these, like, spit guards for the microphone <laughs> because it covers your mouth. Um, anyway, let's get a move away from Terry's teeth um, <laughs> as best you can. I mean, they say they take up so much space in the room. But anyway, um, we're back. Uh, we're going to be talking about Tom Cruise. Last week you heard us talking about the Mission Impossible films and we... Um, bravely put them in order um, my order was of course the correct order um, <laughs> and Terry's was the incorrect order but anyway that aside um, the other impossible mission that we gave ourselves was trying to select um, our favourite Tom Cruise films and it turned out this was insanely hard he's made hard. a lot of good films this was insanely hard now I think um that we should say from the get-go. First of all, this is possibly um, my favourite subject to date. Um, I've absolutely loved re-watching uh, Tom Cruise films, watching certain films for the first time. Um, I didn't realise quite how many Tom Cruise films I had in my film collection Because he anyway. makes quite a lot... He's not like... Although at the moment you might think of him as an action man, he has done rom-coms, he's mm. done dramas he's done all sorts of stuff yeah so many films um and talking to different people there you know lots of people came back with sort of different answers of um what their favorite films are and the ones that they liked um and i definitely think that at some point in the future we will revisit tom cruise because there are so many films that we're not even going to mention in this episode because he has got too many films that we love and it has been really hard for us to pick our Snog, Marry, Avoid. So this would be a good time for Terry to now explain to you um, the Snog, Marry, Avoid um, that we're going to be using going forward. Yeah, so obviously as part of our reformatting, back in the old days of last year, we would have watched as many Tom Cruise films as we can. And we would I have still just, did. <laughs> yeah, and we would have gone through his full catalogue, uh, which, I mean, we've spoken about this. I was surprised how few films he'd made because he's been going for so long. I mean, he's made 45 films, which, don't get me wrong, that's not not a lot of films. But The Rock, who obviously has been acting a lot less time, he's made 65 films. Okay. So he's made 20 more films than him. And, yeah, I, just, I thought Tom Cruise would be nearer the 100 mark than he actually is. Um, so, yeah, so what we're using the format of Snog, Marry, Avoid, the, the age-old way to separate three things. <laughs> um, so... What we're doing is, so Snog for us is a film we love, possibly an underrated film or an underappreciated film, maybe one that a lot of people won't have heard of. Marry, Pretty Self-Explanatory, it is our favourite film and the one that we cherish the most. And Avoid, again, fairly obviously, it's a film that we wouldn't recommend people to watch, which has been quite the struggle for Tom Cruise, I'm not going to lie. There's many films that he's made that aren't very good, but I still think he's been very solid within them. I can't personally think of a terrible Tom Cruise performance no. in a film. No. 
it's more been about I didn't enjoy the film and he was in it, so that's my bottom film. Um, so yeah, so that's the Snog Mario Void format we're going to use going forward when we have a category. Um, we first thought of it just before the Guillermo del Toro pod, but didn't have enough time to, to action it. So yeah, so anytime we have a topic, we will have a Snog Mario and Avoid, an underrated, our favourite, and one not to watch out for. So we're going to start with Avoid because we... we we don't want to end on a down note, so we're going to start on a down note. We don't want to finish on a down note. So here's a song. We could yeah. have done a shit sandwich, but no, let's start with Avoid because I want to talk about two films that I really love to finish oh, so, off with. Uh, actually, first, we want to talk about mo- notable mentions. Okay, yeah, so we did have um, quite the time choosing favourites, um, choosing our Snog and Marry films. Um, I think we were both pretty set on our Avoids. Um but yeah, some notable mentions of ones that almost made the cut. Terry? Uh, so one that I really, really love is The Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that's a fairly recent one. Proper action epic. It's not your typical Tom Cruise film in the fact that he plays a bit of a coward, a bit of a slob who is forced into goodness. Um, obviously, Legend, I've talked about that before. It's in my comfort films. I love the film Legend. And then another film that came so close to, to being my snog. Uh, Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the film. So again, that's Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise uh, based on the books where he's just a no-nonsense detective, essentially, but I fucking love that film. I love Jack Reacher as well. Weren't you going to mention another one? Uh, yeah, so the other one, and this one came very close to being my snog, but mainly due to its runtime of 180 minutes, yes. 180 minutes. That's... There. Three, three hours. <laughs> three hours it didn't. And it is the film Magnolia, which is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. And anyone who knows me or listens to the pod, I'm a massive wanker for Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, but Magnolia is a drama and it's it's like six stories that intertwine. And it, <clears throat> I think it was the last time Tom Cruise was Oscar nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his part. He plays TJ Mackey, who is... He's like one of these self-help gurus that you see in America where they like perform shows to people where it's like, you can do this, you can do that. But his whole shtick is that women are shit and it's like you've got to respect the cunt. Apologies for the swearing, but that's literally what it says. And he plays essentially a not very likeable man. We sort of see him and his whole story is that his dad's ill. He hasn't seen him for a long time. Should he go and see his dad? Should he not? But the whole thing, there's some of the stories are like really nice, delightful, little heartwarming ones. Some of them are really bleak, horrible, but they all sort of crash together in the middle. So it is 180 minutes, but it is such a good film. It's a film that I really, really love. And had I had a chance to watch it so I could talk about it in more depth than I would have done, but I just wouldn't be able to do it justice other than to say that along with everyone else in the film, Tom Cruise is fantastic and it's say, the last time that he properly sort of got Oscar nominated. And I, f- I feel like to a degree to say that he hasn't been Oscar nominated. So I don't think he's after an Oscar anymore. I don't, Not that I think he ever was, but you're not going to win a Best Actor Oscar for Mission Impossible. And I don't think he gives a shit anymore. He, like we said in the previous pod, he just wants to entertain. He wants to have fun and give people enjoyment. So, yeah, so th- that's my notable mentions. Um, this was really, really tough. Um... I, I would say some notable mentions for me, uh, films that you know I've certainly enjoyed in the past. Jerry Maguire, um, I think a lot of people have a soft spot for that. 
Um, Interview with the Vampire, which we've spoken about at length in previous episodes. Um, and already we've just, there's two like completely different characters that he's yeah. played there. So a bit like when we were talking about Guy Pierce, um, some episodes back about playing, I know he's kind of like known for being Ethan Hunt now, but yeah. he's played some like insanely different roles. And then going into even more insanely different roles. These are two films that I picked up um, that were recommended to me by people. So when I was talking to people about favourite Tom Cruise films, these films were recommended and I enjoyed them both so much that one of them I considered for my um, Marry film. But the first one, which I love but wasn't considered for Marry, was Valkyrie, um, which um, has really got the all-star cast, hasn't it? Have you seen it really Valkyrie? Ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a story about uh, some Germans who, not all Germans are Nazis, not all Germans yeah. support the Nazi uh, party, and this is a story about a group of Germans who, uh, plotted, based on a true story, plotted to blow up Hitler. Um, just just, re- just really, really good. I love the way at the start, it's, it starts in German, you've got Tom Cruise speaking in German, writing in German, and then just to get rid of the the nonsense of anyone trying to do a terrible German accent, he just gradually starts speaking in his own voice, doesn't yeah, he? And that's just, what all the characters do. Yeah, and they I, were just talking their normal voices. And I love that. It's just like, just either let them speak how they speak, or don't let them do a terrible accent. But the one that almost um, almost made it to my top, uh, my Mary, uh, was The Last Samurai. Oh, I love that film. So I just think, you know, with Tom Cruise doing all these different things, it's just like, right, okay, I've done, I'm a pilot. I've done this, I've done this stunt, I've done this film, I've learnt this skill. What can't I do? Well, I can't fight with a samurai sword and speak Japanese, so I'll give those to a whirl. Um, and The Last Samurai is a story... Um, with, with the with the title, I think the um, um, you're kind of... At first, you think that The Last Samurai is either Tom Cruise's character or... Um, Ken Wontanabe his character, yes. Um, but actually, they mean samurai, plural. They mean yeah. all of the samurai, the last samurai. Um, and it's a it's a battle film. Um, it's got some incredible fight scenes in it, obviously. Um, Billy Connolly. Yeah, Billy Connolly's in it, playing an Irishman. It's like, for fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, it's... It, I, I don't really think I can do, do The Last Samurai justice by talking about it. I really, really recommend you see it. It's another long film, but yeah. just just watch this film. It's I I really, really... I've not fact, watched it for a long time. The fact that I watched it so late in the day and it straight away went up there as one of my favourite Tom Cruise films that wasn't a Mission Impossible film, I think speaks a lot for it. Um, so, yeah, there are notable mentions. Um, but we're going to start... Um, with a void. We're going to start with the avoid films because I don't. I didn't want to finish with a void. Um, who's going to go first? You go first, Son. Sure. I'm not going to dwell on this film too much. I've spoken about my um, dislike of this film before. This was a no-brainer for me from the get-go. My avoid film is The Mummy, uh, which came out two years ago, was it? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Uh, which was probably my fa- uh, my least favorite film of 2017. Yeah. I probably spoke about it. The film um, that started and killed Universal's Dark Universe. Yeah, so it was going to be the, the first first one in the series of Dark Universe, but um, it, it never it never took off. Um, 
Tom Cruise plays a, I guess, an Indiana Jones type character and accidentally unearths a mummy's tomb and she wakes up and wreaks havoc and he has to save the day. Um, what was most disappointing about this film for me was that I actually found the mummy um, to be very visually pleasing. I thought mm. she looked amazing. Yeah. Um, especially with her double eye thing. Yeah, that was awesome. On, like double irises and pupils. Um, <clears throat> and I just thought, yes, that's going to be my Halloween costume for Halloween. And then I, as the film went on, I realised that there was no part of me that wanted to dress up as his character because this film was a turd. But like Terry said, there were no <laughs> bad Tom Cruise performances. That He's been in films that we mm. don't love, but he's never bad in them. This this film just didn't do it right. I was so like massively disappointed by it. I just I just don't think it's got a great story. I just I I very rarely say this about films, but I just thought it was shit. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore because I just don't think it's worth time. I I haven't rewatched it because I don't own it and I certainly wasn't going to pay to watch it again. Borrow my steelbook but if you want. I was going to say, you've got it, haven't you? Because you put it on steelbook. I mean, do you want to talk about it? You obviously don't dislike the film because you bought it. I would, It's not a brilliant film. I like it. I like Ancient Egypt. I like that sort of... Like, I like the original like Mummy trilogy with Brendan Fraser. I just... I thought it was quite creepy. I... I'm not going to say it's a great film. I think Tom Cruise is the best thing in it by a country mile. Um, I I like the fact that he plays a slightly. Oh, sorry. I like the fact that he plays a slightly unlikable character. He's a bit of a dick in this film. He's not like the Hollywood hero type. Um, but yeah, I watched it again fairly recently. I enjoy it for what it is. It's just a, a schlocky monster film. Um, so yeah, so it's not a brilliant film. Not a shit film in my my opinion, but yeah, I, I can certainly understand your opinion, Sonia. Terry, what's your avoid? So I really struggled with this because, as we said, I don't think there's a bad performance. And to say it's a shit Tom Cruise film, I feel like you're pointing out that it's a bad Tom Cruise performance, which didn't happen. But for me, the film... Because I, I sort of looked at which film would I least most want... least, <laughs> least want to watch again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking English, eh? Uh, and for me, that is the film Rock of Ages. Uh, so this is a musical. So this was Tom Cruise trying something different. Um, is there nothing he won't try? Yeah. And to be fair, decent singing voice. Um, he he plays, had quite a lot of voice coaching, didn't he? I imagine, I, I imagine he bought the best that money could buy and spent six years researching it. Um, but yeah, he can hold a tune, but it's just, it's the rest of the cast. Russell Brand is fucking awful in it. Alec Baldwin can't sing. Um, the general plot line I th- it's actually a musical isn't it Rock of Ages it's not yeah, like it's a film based on a musical but yeah. they, ch- they apparently they took out a lot of the sleaziness from the stage yeah. show yeah so it, it's very sort of just meh it's like like you say there's no edge to it it's just like this nice story that's happening it's he plays a bit of a, a womanising rock star um, but yeah just no interest in watching it again I mean it's got because it's all like traditional rock songs it's not like traditional rock songs yeah but i mean like it's not written for the stage songs they're actual like rock songs that he's singing um and that they're all singing but yeah i just found it very forgettable although it did come in a blue case a purple case which was nice um can i say something about rock of ages yes um i would watch rock of ages over the mummy any day um i actually quite enjoy rock of ages it is um, so Tom Cruise is singing I think he had something like six 
okay, I've got two numbers in my head. He either had six months or two years of vocal training for this film, which just shows that, you know, he's so dedicated to getting something right. Yeah. He also did training for, like, um, his character's got his top off in a lot of the scenes because he's just like this rock star swaggering about. Yeah, like girls 80s swo- style. Girls swooning over him. So he did a lot of, like, ab workouts as well. Um He's actually um, a supporting actor in this film. He's not yeah. one of the main characters. He plays Stacey Jacks. Um, but the two main characters, this uh, young woman, young man, that sort of work in this club together, fall in love and then go their separate ways and come back together, both pursuing singing careers. Um, as Terry said, the, there are a lot of just... I mean, probably the reason why I love it is because I love that kind of music as well. I mean, the mm. fact that Stacey Jacks, the first song he sings is one of my favourite Bon Jovi songs. Um, he doesn't sing it particularly well. It's not bad, it's just weak. Yeah, it's um, like overproduced, isn't it? That sort of bland it's, sound. It's not even that. I mean, he play, he sings um, Wanted Dead or Alive, but then he, but then he does do what I think is a, is a passable um, version of Pour Some Sugar On Me. Um which was fine, and which apparently on the day of filming, Def Leppard were in town, so they watched him do it. And I can only imagine that that must be quite nerve-wracking as a non-singer to perform... Not a, when you're Tom Cruise. I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine Tom Cruise felt nervous since he was about 16 years old. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Other than um, if he's in a room with tall people. Um... But yeah, I, I quite enjoy uh, Rock of Ages. I agree about Alec Baldwin not being great in it mm. or not singing very well. It annoyed me that Russell Brand, they had to make him a Brummie. Just like, just just let him be the Londoner that he is. Um, what I did, um, one fact that I did read about this film that I found quite interesting. Well, first of all, Alec Baldwin disowns this film and he says it's awful and he wished he'd never made it. He only made it because... He got to work with Tom Cruise, but then obviously he then went on to do yeah. a Mission Impossible film with Tom Cruise. Um, but I thought that was quite interesting that Alec Baldwin was prepared to be in a film he considered shit just because he wanted to work mm. with Tom Cruise. It's a bit like Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia, isn't it? He owned, he signed up not knowing it was a musical because he wanted to work with Mel Streep. Yeah. Um, but I think if you signed up for Rock of Ages and didn't know it was a musical, you would have had to have been living in a cage. Um I, I, I certainly didn't hate it. I'd watch it. I, it's a film that I own and I would happily watch it again. I think it's quite interesting that both of our hates, we've both, we've defended each other's yeah, yeah, avoid. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, again, it just goes to show, I don't really think he's in shit films. I think the, the character of Stacey Jacks in Rock of Ages is all right. Yeah. No. I don't think he's the weak link in that film. No, I don't think he's said. I don't think he's a weak link in any film, because like we said, even like a supporting part in a musical, he completely threw himself into it. He went and got vocal. He didn't just think, oh, they can do that in post or anything like that. He threw himself into it, and I can't imagine him ever taking on a role and just being like, oh yeah, yeah, I can do that. Mm. It would be okay, right? I'm going to need this long because I'm going to need to do this. I'm going to need the best trainers of this, etc., etc. Hmm. Cool. Are we going to do snog? I feel like we should end first? on Mar- I feel like we should end on marry. Okay. Who's going to go first? Shall I go first for snog? Go on then. I don't so, know what your snog is actually. What do uh, I? I, th- I did tell you, but you are you do tend to forget things that I say. Uh, so it was very tough for me to pick my snog and say. There's a couple of notable mentions I've already given. 
but I've plumped for the film Oblivion. Um, so I feel like this is a film that perhaps a lot of... It's one of his more recent films. It's very much in the sci-fi genre. Um, but a lot of people I've spoken to haven't seen it. It is on Netflix, so after you've heard me give my eulogy, you can head on out and watch it. Um, but it's a film I did see at the cinema, but it was one I saw at the cinema because we were at the, me and Jen were on holiday. We went to the cinema, and it was the next film that was on. So it wasn't like, oh, let's go and watch Oblivion. We ended up watching it. Um, but it's just, I think it's a stunningly beautiful film. I think the music is amazing. Um, I, I wept. Uh, no, um, I just think it's such a great film. So it's essentially post-apocalypse on planet Earth. The moon has been shattered into pieces by an alien race that came to attack us. We were successful. We won the battle for the Earth, but the Earth was essentially lost during the battle. Tom Cruise and Andrea Riseborough, who plays Vicky, and Tom Cruise plays John... No, Jack, sorry. Um, they've been left behind, and we're now harvesting the seas for hydrogen so that we can propel this ship that's floating in the atmosphere called the Tet to fly off to the moon Titan to like continue human existence. Um Large parts of the Earth are radioactive and he's not allowed to go in there. She basically stays in their house and monitors him and he flies around looking after the drones and looking after all the tech <clears throat> that's out there doing all of this work. There are scavengers from the alien race that are still knocking about that he has to try and sort himself out from. He keeps having these dreams of a previous life that didn't exist because he dreams of himself walking around New York but we're now a hundred years after New York didn't exist and there's no way he could possibly have existed at this point um, we find out that they all had their mind wiped after the thing so that they couldn't remember what happened and they're, they're in their last two weeks before they head on off to this ship to then sail off to Titan and live their lives happily ever after until they detect a signal being projected from a building which turns out to be the remains of the Empire State Building and it's sending out a longitude and a latitude and not long after that there is a ship that crash lands and it contains some astronauts from a bygone era that have been locked in stasis and one of the people is the woman that he's been dreaming about in this previous life and from that point on the film takes a very different turn and I'm not going to say any more about it because I don't want to spoil the film but it's just, it's such a clever film. I didn't see, I, I went into it not knowing what it was about, which I think always helps with a film. Some of the best cinematic experiences I've had, like District 9 as well, I had, I just knew it was a film that was like sci-fi. But say the look of the film, it's, it's very much like a sort of nice apocalypse. But Tom Cruise in it is just... He's, again, not your standard Tom Cruise character. He's a bit unsure of himself. He's not He's not the hero. He's just going about his job. He doesn't want to like make waves. He just wants to do his job, go home, and eventually sail off. But it's got an amazing soundtrack, as I've said. It's just... So I just think it's an underappreciated film, and it's it's just really good. Nice. I like it, too. Yeah, and it, so it's on Netflix. It is over two hours again. Um, but it, it's well worth your time. I think it's such a great film. It it was very close. 
it was a very tight call between my marry and my snog what they were going to be. And I, I've had to rewatch both of them in the last week to help me make that decision. But this film is, is a very good film. I've just looked up Oblivion on IMDb and your snog and my snog have got exactly the same rating on IMDb. What is that rating? 7 out of 10. Um, so what film are you giving a big old wet one to? A big old wet one? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, en- I enjoyed listening to your um, your review and your thoughts of Oblivion and how how beautiful it was and how you really fully appreciated it. Just the cinema photography and and everything about it and how amazing it was. My snog for Tom Cruise is a film that he has a supporting role in. Um, and the film is Tropic Thunder. Fuck me, he's barely in it. <laughs> but he's in it so brilliantly. Oh yeah, he is amazing. That, I mean, this film has two standouts for me. And Robert Downey Jr. Of course, it's fucking Robert Downey Jr. But it's Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Cruise, and it's Tom Cruise being so different to any Tom Cruise that I've ever seen before. And I don't care that he's only in it for a short time. I think he plays an amazing character in it. Yeah. Um, and the reason I chose it for my snog was because when we said we were going to pick. The, the snog film has to be one that's either taken us by surprise or might be under the radar. And the reason I chose it for my under the radar is because everyone I mentioned it to goes, he's not in that film. Yeah. Because they legit... He is unrecognisable. Legit didn't recognise him in it. Um, I've said this before, and I will keep on saying this again. Fuck Gary Oldman in a fat suit. Check out Tom Cruise. And it's, the size of his hands in this film is ridiculous. And the hairiness so, of his fingers. So, okay, let's... Let's talk about Tropic Thunder. Um, Tom Cruise plays Les Grossman, um, and he uh, puts. I don't. Uh, he's a. He's a film producer, producer, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, because the film director is played uh, brilliantly by Steve Coogan. Um, he puts up the money for this film, so you've got these <laughs> this group of actors. Um, so you've got your main three: you've got uh, Jack Black, Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and you've got some others as well, but these are your main three, and they're all playing actors, and they're making a film. Yeah. So they're actors playing actors, making a film. They're make, making a war film. Um, something goes amiss, and they essentially get... They're not dropped into a war zone, but it ends up that they... Ben Stiller's character certainly believes that they're being filmed... They're not being filmed. Yeah, but they're actually got in a war of, zone. They're yeah. actually in a war zone as such, and they've got to fight their way out. And it's how they deal with it because they're actors. They're not actually soldiers. They're acting at being soldiers, and they're each like equally brilliant. Um, you know, Tom Cruise is the standout for me jointly with Robert Downey Jr. Let's quickly just touch on Robert Downey Jr.'s character because if you haven't seen slightly Tropic controversial, Thunder, if you haven't seen Tropic Thunder, this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Lucy did not know what to make of it. She's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. plays a black man in this film. No, he doesn't. He plays... An actor playing a black man. Yeah, so the three characters are three, like, pastiches. So Ben Stiller is, like, your Schwarzenegger Stallone. He's, like, the, the fallen action star trying to rebuild his career. Jack Black is the comedy guy trying to be taken seriously. And Robert Downey Jr. is, like, the Oscar Awards... 
yeah. like darling who takes everything super seriously and he's had his skin dyed black yeah, for the so role. Yeah, so he's a method actor and he's actually undergone a medical procedure to, to dye his skin black, to play this black character, even though there's a black guy in the film. Um, and he doesn't drop character until right until the very end and he turns around at one point and he says I don't I don't drop character until after I've done the director's commentary yeah. or the DVD commentary um, his character is so ridiculous um, it's just got to be seen to be believed really. yeah. I mean it is just ridiculous but he's playing an Australian as well yeah. so when he does drop character he's this like blonde haired blue eyed Australian which makes yeah. it even more funny because he's the exact opposite of the character that his character is playing if that makes sense but then you've got Tom Cruise, who's playing the producer of this film. He plays an absolute fucking arsehole. Yeah. Um, big gut, bald head. But yeah, he's a big, fat, bald guy with ugly glasses, uh, constantly sweaty. He's so... I mean, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Tom Cruise is a, is a bit of a heartthrob. Oh, you yeah. Know? Um, he's not a bit of a heartthrob. He is still a heartthrob. You know, he's in good shape and stuff like this. He totally uglied him up. But I just think he really steals the show with that dancing mm. thing. That's like the post-credits, isn't it? Or like over the credits? He does a bit of dancing during the film and then as the credits go up, he's in his room on his own doing his it's like dancing. Some, it's like some sort of hip-hop track yes. as well, isn't it? Um, I really, really rate this film. I love Tropic Thunder. I've not seen it it. for a long time. I I remember really enjoying it. Um, I went to see it at the cinema. I own it. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. And as soon as we came up with this snog, Mary Avoid, I knew this was going to be my snog because I thought no one will think of this film having Tom Cruise in it. And it's not like you said, oh, don't forget he's in Austin Powers because that literally is for seconds. Yeah. He's got a proper character in this film. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a supporting character in it. But he was still like nominated. I think he was nominated for like a Golden Globe for that character. Yeah. There was a lot of talk of a spin-off film, but I feel like that's probably dead in the water now. Um, but I can just to show another side of Tom Cruise, I can heartily recommend uh, *Tropic Thunder*, and it's hilarious. And Robert yeah. Downey Jr. is amazing in it as well. Yeah. There's a really funny scene where Ben Stiller throws a baby as well. It's Ben Stiller who puts on his production in the *Prisoner oh. of War* camp. It is everything about this film is just so wrong. It's so right. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, cool. What are we on to marry now? Yeah, so we're on to marry our air quotes favorite Tom Cruise film because I, I think it's very hard to pick a favorite. The There's fav- many the films. F- the favorite we could pick in the three yeah. weeks that we were given. Uh, do you want to go first this time, Sonia? If you want. Um, so my favorite was was hard to pick because like I say I did watch some films recently which almost made the cut and I kept going back to one film um, again which I've had in my collection for a long time Um, and I've watched many times and I re-watched it for the purpose of this and I was thinking to myself is this still my favourite but I just fucking love the story so much. And I'm going to go with Minority Report. Um, yeah, great film. Because it's just such an out there story. So Tom Cruise plays John Anderton and he's he heads up 
the pre-crime um, team. So I, I can't remember when the film set. The film set in the future. Yeah, um, very much so. And essentially, the way they are fighting crime in the city um, is they have these three precogs who can see people's actions before they happen, and John Anderton's team apprehend people before they commit murder. Yeah, that's that's the idea behind it. They consider it to be foolproof. Um, you know that the mur the murder has been you know the murder rates in the city have been reduced greatly um, because of this, or almost down to nothing because they're basically getting to everyone before they commit murder. Mm. Of course, the the flaw in it is it's just like well they could have changed their mind at the last minute. Yeah. Um, so you've got these three precogs, they're seeing it, John Anderton goes after them, you've got Colin Farrell's character who rocks up to try and investigate it to see, are there any flaws in the yeah. system? He's like a sceptic, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but he wants to believe that it works as well. Um, so yeah, he's a sceptic, but he's just asking the right questions, I think. He's he's literally just doing mm. his job. Yeah. Um, and... Essentially, what happens is to, you know, we, we the way the film plays out, we see that the the system um, isn't foolproof because it appears uh, in the precogs' visions that Tom Cruise is actually going to commit a murder. Yeah, John Anderson is. So it's all marbles and stuff, isn't it? That yeah shows the prediction. And so, essentially, he's then on the run to try and clear his name because he's just like, well, no, I. I'm not going to kill someone, but they're like, well, you just said this system works, that it's foolproof. Mm. So if they're saying you're going to kill someone, you're going to kill someone. And we follow him as he is basically trying to prove that he's not going to do this thing. So a little bit of a backstory with his character. He's separated from his wife uh, because their son went missing. The son went missing when he was at the swimming pool with Tom Cruise's character. Um, then, you know, the... the boy was never found the marriage didn't survive so they're separated he he spends all his hours working or taking these some kind of drug we yeah. don't quite know what it is but it's something that just keeps him going and he basically spends his time in his grotty apartment watching videos of his son and wife yeah. in happier times um, and then it appears that he's going to kill this man and he tries to get help for people you know, to clear his name, basically. And even undergoes an operation to have his eyeballs switched out so yeah. that he can't... Because whenever, That's an intense scene. Because whenever uh, people go through the city, um, their eyes can be scanned, so that's how he can be traced. Um, and you've got this really, like, disgusting scene where he has his eyes switched out and he's got his eyes bandaged up and he can't see. And the doctor leaves a sandwich and a glass of milk in the fridge for him, but also leaves a rancid sandwich and some off milk, which, of course, Tom Cruise eats and drinks. Um, probably one um, stunt that he didn't do uh, for a film is actually have his eyeballs switched out. I don't oh, I think he past him. I don't think he actually did that. He did keep hold of his original eyeballs to uh, get him to his old workplace. So, essentially, what he does, he ends up getting back to his old workplace, stealing one of the precogs, um, to help to try and get her to help him see what's going on, she keeps having a vision that replays, and she's basically saying, "Can yeah, the you water. see? Can you see? Can you see?" And so he's got to 
essentially solve the crime that she keeps seeing, which will in turn help him prove who's behind what's going on with him. Yeah. I won't reveal um, the ending. I won't reveal who done it. I won't spoil it. Um, but safe to say, it, you know, the pre-crime initiative is not foolproof. <laughs> um but yeah, that's the that's the premise behind that film. They they predict what crime is. They predict what murders are going to happen, and they apprehend the people before they do it. But he has to prove that he's not going to commit a murder, does yeah. he or doesn't he? You'll have to watch to find out. It's based on a book by Philip K. Dick, which I've tried to read a number of times, and frankly, it's baffling. Um, and even after I watched the film, I tried to read the book again and it was still baffling. So I'm so grateful they made a film of it because I would have no clue what was going on. Mm. No clue. Apparently it's based on a short story. Yeah. The book version I've got is quite big. So if that's a short story, I can only imagine what his other books are like. Um, but I, I just, I've always loved the story. Mm. I just think it's a really, really interesting story. Um, I like his character in it. Dare I say, when I watched it again the other day, it's a tiny bit dated. But it's a film that I've loved since it first came out. And it's a film that I've, I've watched quite a lot since it came out. Again, it's part of my collection, which I think you know, says a lot when, you know, sometimes I buy films just because I miss them at the cinema and I want to see them. Other times I see a film at the cinema and I have to buy it to have it yeah. as part of my collection. And that's definitely one of my, I want to keep this film and keep watching it and watching it and watching it. Um, and I just think it's, a, it's an amazing film. It's got amazing effects as well. Obviously yeah. it's set in the future. They've got like flying cars and shit like that. And the like touchscreen mm. window computer things and but stuff. the way he... Um, when the precogs have their visions, there's three precogs and they're all sort of like having similar visions at the same time, but they've got to try and make sense of them. So they're just like snippets of information, really. And they have to try and work out who's committing a crime and where it is. Um, but it all plays out on this screen in front of it and he has these magic gloves, doesn't he? And it's almost yeah. like he's conducting an orchestra. There's a bit of music that plays in the background and he's swishing stuff around and moving it and it, it does look like he's conducting a piece of music. Yeah. Um, and he puts it all in order and solves the crime. But does he solve his own crime? You'll have to watch to find out. Ooh. Okay, on to your one <clears throat> now. I can't remember what you're marrying. Uh, so, strangely, where you said, like, our snogs had the same IMDb score, our marrieds have the same director. Okay. <clears throat> so, Steven Spielberg directed Minority Report and he also directed The War of the Worlds. Oh, you went for that? I did go for War of the Worlds, so so it was very close between that and Oblivion, and to be honest, many many other films. But I went for War of the Worlds, so I rewatched it. War of the Worlds is one I can remember seeing it in the cinema, and I went to see it with a load of people, and I wasn't I wasn't fussed. I went as part of the group. I was just like, it'll probably be okay. Tom Cruise is the penalty, and I was just blown away by just how spectacular it was. So. Amongst other things, this film was like filmed really quickly. It was meant to come out after Mission Impossible 3, but there was a delay on Mission Impossible 3, and they just churned out War of the Worlds in the gap. Um, I feel like it's a proper like acting role for Tom Cruise. So he plays Ray Ferrier, who is a shit dad, 
Uh, so he's separated from his wife. The film opens with him finishing work, going home, and his ex-wife, new husband, and his two kids are waiting for him, and he's completely forgotten they're coming round. They go in the house. He's got no food in the house. There's a car engine just sat on the side. His kids are like 7 and 16 and they have to share a room when they come to his house. And it's just very apparent that he is a deadbeat dad. The kids don't like going to see him. The mother's obviously dubious about leaving the kids with him. He makes his like 16-year-old son play catch in the garden because he wants to play catch, not because his 16-year-old son wants to play catch. Um, the daughter's Dakota Fanning back when she was like this amazing young actress that no one could understand how a girl that young could act. Mm. Um so the one thing I another thing I love about this film is it just gets into it. So this is like the first 15, 20 minutes and then it all kicks off. So obviously it's a fairly well-treaded story. It's been done three or four years. I think there's actually a BBC adaptation coming out this year as well of the War of the World story. Um, there's a lightning storm and then these tripods climb out of the ground and just start wiping out humanity. Um what I really like about this, as well as him being the deadbeat dad, although he's our hero, he's not the hero of the film. Ooh. He's not the guy who's work formulating the plan to destroy the aliens. He just, his whole game plan is he wants to get to Boston to give the kids to his wife because he doesn't think he can look after them. He knows he can't do it. He just has to get them to his wife and she'll be able to look after them. And that's like his sole plan. And his son like calls out the only reason, like, this whole thing is you want to get us to mum so that you can let us go. Um, and it is just it's not your typical I mean it's a typical Steven Spielberg father figure because his whole thing is about like, abandoning fathers and like split families but it's it's like him bonding with his kids during an apocalypse of just epic proportions so the tripods I think again effects possibly haven't aged that well I was watching this on a DVD though so I don't know if a nice Blu-ray would look a mm. bit better what year did but it come out? It came out in 2005, so it's actually quite an old film now. When um, did Minority Report come out? I think it was a similar time. You'll have to look it up. I think yeah. it was definitely before, because this was like they worked together on Minority Report, really enjoyed it, and then they wanted to work together, and oh, okay. this is what came up for them to work together. Um, but the tripods themselves, they make this horrendous noise. Like They're very much mechanical things. It's not like they're the aliens. They are just mechanical beasts that the aliens are clearly in. And it's just so bleak. And I don't know why, but I love bleak films. It's why I love zombie films. The sort of sense of no hope and just... It's very muted colours. Like, he wears, like, a black... He's wearing, like, a brown jacket. Everything's muted tones. At the very start, the alien comes up and just starts obliterating people and it turns them into ash. And he ends up back at the house covered in ash. And there's a scene where he just like completely panics because he's essentially covered in corpses. Mm. And apparently that was based off 9-11 survivors where they were just like, oh my God, oh my God, like what's on me? Um, and yeah, he takes them on this road trip and it's just, again, I forget what film we were talking about earlier about how humans will just turn, oh, we were talking about the fire, don't forget, how people will just turn. And there's a bit where the aliens set off an EMP so nothing works, but he's a good mechanic and he manages to get a car working. So he's got the only working car in America for all intents and purposes. And people just turn on him and his kids because they want this car. And it's just, again, just how people will turn in a survival situation. It's There's just so many things. There's a bit where his daughter goes off to have a wee by a river 
and a body sweeps past and she's upset and then just hundreds of bodies just start flowing in this river and again it's just the impending doom of these aliens have come to take our planet and there is fuck all we can do to stop them taking it and then I mean there's many things that but the main sort of bits that I really enjoyed so Tim Robbins is in it as this essentially a crazy man that they seek shelter with at one point and he is just completely mental he's on about taking the tripods on with a shotgun and openly talking in front of his daughter about how like oh yeah they're just maggots they're just going to stamp on us and there's just some really tense scenes with them in this house and the alien you do get to see the aliens and the aliens look a bit shit Mm -hmm. i don't think they should have had that scene in it at all so you don't the tripods is fine we don't see an actual alien but obviously steven spielberg loves his aliens um but it's just like the scale of the film the spectacle of the film and say just the aesthetic just completely matching the feel of the film and say tom cruise just not being tom cruise action superstar he is just a normal guy who just wants to get his keep his kids alive and that's the only thing and say the fact that he isn't like oh yeah if we do this then we're going to win the war like will smith in in independence day or something Mm -hmm. like that he's just just a man trying to survive and i just really really like it cool i like it too yeah I love the fact that when we were really struggling to put our lists together, we still came up with completely different films. Like when we did our top ten of last year, we didn't have any crossovers, did we? And when you sent me your list of films that you were thinking about and you had Oblivion and War of the Worlds on there, I love those films, of course I do. They they didn't even cross my mind to be Minority Report was there or thereabouts for me, but Yeah. What did um, some of the listeners say? Because I'm surprised, um, because there's a very well-known Tom Cruise film that I'm not a massive fan of. Um, Yeah, so this did come up by this. I enjoy it, but it's by no means up there with it. So obviously Top Gun. Yeah. And obviously this year or next year we'll be getting Top Gun Maverick, the sequel. Is your your fave Val Kilmer in it? Yeah, the one I, where they've got a, Iceman is back. They've got to uh, grease up the cockpit, haven't they? To fit him in. He's been very ill, remember, Sonia? <laughs> if anything, they've got to pad it out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Top Gun came up a lot. Rain Man came up a lot. Obviously, we haven't mentioned yeah. that. That's obviously an 80s film that he was in, which he is very good in, alongside Dustin Hoffman. Interview with the Vampire, we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, a film that I loved when I was a kid, but I just shouldn't have been watching it. Cocktail. I've never seen Cocktail. Oh, so it's just like a proper sort of grimy. He's works in a cocktail bar and it's just like a bit sleazy. But I used to have like, because it's literally like making the cocktail with like the flipping glasses up and stuff like that. And I just, I think I just used to like watching that. Uh, the Firm came up a couple of times. Yeah. Um, good film, very long. And Jerry Maguire and Minority Report, which obviously yeah. we've already talked about a little bit. Show me the money. Indeed. But yeah. Um, so yeah, but I definitely think. We won't do it any time soon. We'll give it a nice long break. But I certainly think we should revisit um, Tom Cruise. Because the thing is, we could visit revisit Tom Cruise and just pick a genre. Yeah. Because he, he has spanned the genres, to quote the mighty Boosh. Um, but yeah, I've really, really enjoyed um, looking into Tom Cruise films and trying to pick favourites. And I think it's made me realise that he's... 
probably one of my favourite actors. Yeah. Without it, me even realising yeah, it. Yeah, and as we alluded to, for some reason, some people have a real beef with Tom Cruise. I have spoken to so many people about Tom Cruise trying to get their favourite films, and I was surprised at the amount of people that just go, I really don't like Tom Cruise. Yeah, I just... Because even if you don't like him, how can you not like his films? Because they're just... I mean, I know... And this is a weird thing because a lot of people go, oh, Scientology. I have never heard Tom Cruise say the word Scientology or talk about it. He doesn't talk about it. It's just he happens to be part of religion. And what people want to do behind closed doors by themselves, that's fine. Obviously, don't push it on me. But so I've literally never heard him speak about Scientology. But he's yeah. this poster boy for this, air quotes, crazy religion. And yeah, that seems to have... I mean, there was the horrible thing on the Oprah Winfrey show where he jumped up on the couch and I love Awful. her, I love her. That that was a low point. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Great actor, makes solid films. I mean, I think there's something like... he ha- His films haven't made less than $100 million at the box office for like 20 years or something ridiculous like that. Insane. He must If you were to like tally up his box office, he must be like in the tens of billions. We'll Google it. I think Samuel L. Jackson is the highest grossing actor because he's really? been in like because he's been in Star Wars films and okay. Jurassic Park and the Marvel yeah. films. Okay. So not necessarily films that he has led, but mm. he's just a part of these massive franchises. Okay. Yeah, but Tom Cruise definitely got to be up there, isn't he? Yeah. Interesting. He was um, in very early talks to be Iron Man as well, which could have been very. I don't know that you could. Say that he would be better. He would be a very we different Tony you Stark. Just couldn't imagine it, could no. you? I mean, like but, you saying earlier about Dugray Scott. Well, not earlier, but on the previous part about yeah. Dugray Scott being uh, Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, what? what? Exactly. Yeah. Um. But anyway, this has been awesome. It's been emotional. Mm. We don't have. We haven't decided what we're going to talk about next episode yet, but we'll obviously post it. Yeah, we'll, we'll pop something on the Insta. On on the social medias. Um, but once again we want to thank you for listening again thank you for your input um, getting in touch with us and letting us know your favourite Tom Cruise films it's good to know that other people love him just as much as we do yep social media yeah so we are um, Instagram at Theatrical Cut we are Theatrical Cut Pod on the Instagram I am Prefax Sonia is Mallory underscore watches we are Theatrical Cut Pod on Facebook as well and if you want to email us in, possibly recommending a topic you'd like us to talk about, we are theatricalcut at gmail.com. Please like us on Facebook and leave a review on iTunes if you're enjoying yourself as well. Yeah, that would be really nice. And while you're at it, why don't you tell your friends and family about us too and get them liking and listening, leaving reviews. That'd be nice. Yeah, let's get um, us number one in the iTunes chart. Mm. <laughs> Imagine it, yeah. Um the Mother Pod, if you want to check those guys out, too much time on our hands. They are TMTOOH on the Instagram and the Twitter, and you can find them under Too Much Time on Our Hands on Facebook as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they'll be talking about because technically we're recording this three weeks in the future. Yeah, or it's past. March now. Yeah, it's nearly Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. Yeah, Terry. thanks for listening, guys. Mike, drop. <laughs> <laughs>